Hi everyone, welcome to Individuality. Is it that? I, can't, I, can't, I completely forgot the name of the podcast. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, what's it called again? Undiv- individuality Unleashed. It is, okay. I thought, you know when you panic and you're like, is it individuality or individual? Okay. Hi everyone, welcome to Individuality Unleashed today. I'm Alice Tomasovic. Um, I'm one of our strategic customer success directors here at Wonderkind. And with me today, I've got Janine Quinn from Yours Clothing. So today we're going to talk about the um, plan for Yours Clothing um, for 2023 and the successes that you've seen so far. And then where will it go and beyond? Exciting. (laughs) Great. So to kick things off, so the first thing I wanted to ask you was around the rising digital advertising costs. It's something we know that is very prominent in the industry now. It's being talked about a lot, um, particularly when we're looking at the state of the economy globally. Um, So how have rising digital advertising costs across the platforms like Facebook, Google, how is that impacting yours clothing and the the strategy that you're looking to to achieve across your marketing spend? Yeah, so obviously our marketing budget has increased for 2023. Um, we are seeing growth still, so it makes sense for us to keep raising that budget. Um, it has become a lot more expensive on those paid channels, paid social, PPC. I think cost per acquisition is going up we do have strict ROI targets so we do open up ROI kind of in peak periods so that's like May to July and then like Black Friday Christmas kind of time Um, one thing we're kind of hoping to utilize a bit more is audiences across kind of our database and sharing them with our agencies so they can target I think retention is going to be a big one for us this year so as much as we're acquiring new customers I think sometimes we almost forget that we've got the existing database and we actually want to keep them from defecting. Mm. So very much around leveraging that audience segmentation to just essentially get more efficient in how you're planning effectively spend yeah, over the coming years. Great. Um, that's definitely something we're seeing across a lot of our clients, particularly when we're looking at their reliance on own channels. We're definitely seeing that going up over time. Um, so it's good to kind of hear it from yourself in terms of that's definitely something that's interesting for for yours clothing. Um, a big thing that's being talked about at the moment in particular is some of the recent privacy changes that Apple iOS have, are implementing and will probably continue to implement going forward. Um, how does that affect your approach to digital advertising platforms? I think it is so much harder to start kind of identifying people I think that's where Wonderkind is really coming in for us I think with the depreciation of their pie cookies and with all of the privacy changes it's just going to get harder so if we are spending all that money getting people to come to our site we actually want to serve them the correct on-site campaign make sure they're identified I think it's probably in the past we've used maybe like a pop-up that just shows to everyone very generic whereas we've kind of been given this strategy where we can actually identify our customers and make sure the right message is getting across perfect and that's definitely something I want to talk to you in a little while about the strategy and kind of how we really tailored that for yours so we'll definitely come on to that um given some of these challenges that we've just spoken about how is that impacting where you allocate your spend across these various channels so when we think around PPC when we think around paid social We're hearing lots of different things from different brands, but one of the things that's a common theme is definitely that 
rising costs per acquisition. So how are you at yours kind of combating that? I think as much as we are utilizing paid social and PPC, we probably see that paid social isn't as affected for us effective for us now as it has been in the past so some of that spend has been reallocated Mm. to paid ads and google advertising just because we are seeing a much more effective return on investment there when you talk about kind of that roi what in particular has been really the standout kind of key efficiency drivers when looking at kind of marketing spend particularly in a time when we know that budgets are going to be scrutinized because of the weight of the world that's going on at the moment we know it's a very tough time for everyone um how has that impacted kind of how the senior stakeholders at yours are allocating budget and kind of getting that across so obviously budgets are under scrutiny but we're kind of using that as a way to unlock our own channels so we've seen a lot of consistency year on year with email campaigns but i think we're really starting to see kind of the revenue year on year from automated campaigns which is kind of my side we're adding a lot of net new to our existing programs but also kind of optimizing what we already have I think key for us is once we know something's working we tend to roll it out across multiple markets and our other brands too Um, so email is an area I think to watch this year there's so much potential and we actually have seen As much as SMS does cost quite a bit for us to send out, we do see that that is a really effective channel for us. So you automatically like see that impact from an SMS when we send it out, not just directly from that channel, but also there's a kind of halo effect through the other channels too. We just see a lot more activity on site and sales going up, which is great. I think for us as well with those kind of own channels, it's a lot easier to personalize. So with paid social and paid search, a lot of the time you have to be a lot more generic, just trying to get customers to site. But once we kind of know you, it's a lot easier easier for us to recommend, um, get a bit more personal and show you products you might be more interested in or talk to you in a way that where we know where you are and kind of the life cycle. And I think app is also going to be a huge one for us this year. A lot of our efforts are now going to driving people to the app where we can kind of send notifications and we seem to have a lot more loyal customer base within the app. Brilliant. So kind of my definitely key takeaway from that that you just kind of took us through was all around that personalization piece. And I'm glad you said that because I think that's so, so critical, particularly when you're talking about own channels, which as a channel is slightly, you know, that closer to consumer marketing. So that personalization is really at the heart of that to ensure that what when you are sending those communications, they're really speaking to the user at the right time and delivering the right message as well. So I think that's that's such a great um, thing that we can we can help achieve with yours, which is fantastic. Um, how kind of going back to what we were talking about, the you know financial economy is not looking um, its best um, kind of recently and into 2023 how has that really impacted your approach to navigating certain challenges and headwinds Andrew our founder came out with a price promise last year just to kind of reassure customers in the cost of living crisis that um, prices aren't going to rise as we've seen in other industries I think 
our main message that we like to push is the value and kind of affordability of our clothing for the quality that you do get. I think it's a message that we're probably pushing a lot in our marketing channels at the moment, just to make sure the customer really understands. I think loyalty is going to be a big one for us this year. We're still trying to work out what the Yours Loyalty program does look like. We haven't really done anything in the past, but we started kind of like a VIP program last year. So it worked really well for us over Black Friday, kind of rewarding those loyal customers. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of evolves throughout 2023. I think app will be a big part of it, but we're still working out what we're going to do. Yeah, that's good to know. I think that's definitely something I've heard across many different brands that we work with at Wonderkind is there is such now a push on that loyalty piece because it's a very saturated market in most um, industries now. And so really trying to put yourself in the eyes of the consumer as that key differentiator is is so important. And I love that price promise. I think definitely with the cost of living crisis, you know, it's a tough time for a lot of people out there. Um, that is such a great key differentiator against those competitors. As we know, it's a very competitive market, particularly on things like price. Um, and going back to kind of, you know, yours as um, key brand value, quality is, yeah. is so critical. And I know that's something many brands are kind of struggling to get the balance right. So it's good to know it's very much at the heart of kind of the yours clothing strategy. In your experience, what are some of the key factors that comes to when deciding where to allocate that marketing spend for future years? I think you've got to look at how effective each of the channels is. We're obviously always going to have the largest budgets for kind of that paid social and PPC. I think sometimes the other channels could get a little bit overlooked, but I think with significant investment in things like Wonderkind for our email channel, I think it's going to be game changing. My next question is about um, the kind of how you're measuring that return on investment, because definitely in the industry, it's something everyone is so, so hot on in terms of making sure that any spend is going anywhere, particularly in times of a weaker economy is so critical. Um, so how do you adjust your budgets and marketing allocations throughout the year when you're then able to see that return on investment in real time? So I think similar to what I kind of said earlier with the kind of peaks and troughs of the year, we do see that as soon as the sun comes out, um, our customer loves to buy. So I think who doesn't of, yeah, exactly <laughs> I'll be getting those holiday outfits. Exactly. Um, so I think we kind of always monitoring spend. I think we work really closely with our paid agencies. I think they've got quite strict ROI targets. So we're always kind of monitoring that and making sure that we're not overspending. I think sometimes we will open up ROI and we can kind of justify it if it's around like a payday, something like that. But it's something that's, I guess, has a lot more eyes on it at the moment. So in your opinion, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing marketers and how would you overcome them? So for us, kind of the main focus is on bottom line revenue, what each channel is bringing in for the business. We don't have really set KPIs as such, which I think it's been a nice thing kind of working with Wonderkind just because you guys have almost brought those in for us. So we've got a set amount of subscribers that we're going to capture and a set kind of ROI which is all in that revenue guarantee. So I think it's been nice for 
kind of a third party to come in and set those goals for us, almost kind of saying what we could achieve, which in this case actually was probably more than we had expected. Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to that, um, I guess, revenue as a service. That's very much how Wonderkind and we like to position it because, you know, slightly differing from typical SaaS companies, which are just selling that software, we are there to deliver performance. Um, And so that's why I think in a recession in particular for brands that we work with like yours and many others, it's so critical that we are held accountable because that's I, you know that's the reason you partnered with us um and so yeah that's a great I feel like the team right really care about kind of helping us towards those targets as well obviously it's beneficial for both of us but I think we can work together to really achieve those I paid her to say that <laughs> <laughs> great um and then a couple of just final questions around kind of the broader marketing um, sphere. Um, obviously, for yours clothing, you've got many sister brands met, operating in many different markets. Um, what do you, how do you kind of balance the localization versus personalization um, in an ever changing consumer landscape? I think it's something that we're still working on. So I think in the past, we've been very UK focused and kind of maybe not given the international markets as much love as they might need. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got someone in the team kind of now only focusing on international. She's doing an amazing job and kind of tailoring that content to Germany or the Netherlands. Um, We kind of looking at their calendars, seeing what events are important to them and kind of making sure we can not just follow the UK, which I think is what we've done in the past. Mm. I think for our other brands as well, something that works on yours clothing might not always work for our long tool Sally customer. They're completely different. So I think it's a case of kind of trial and error and testing. Sometimes you're not going to get it right, but I think it's a learning curve and we're trying to work out kind of what's best for each customer and each brand. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. And I think definitely being able to have that local knowledge but still be able to take the efficiencies of being a big established brand in the UK is so critical yeah um so that's good to see that this is a kind of further investment going into into those areas which is great um next I want to come on to a little bit more specifically to Wonderkind and why we're chatting today um so I wanted to talk to you about specifically the overall kind of strategy that we me and yourself (laughs) worked very closely on um and how that kind of helped you you know feel confident in Wonderkind and how we can deliver that performance for yours I think kind of on the in the onboarding process, I know that we had made it clear that kind of senior leadership was against kind of on-site email capture. I think in the past, when we have done it, we've done it with through different providers who, although they've been very effective and we've managed to kind of grow the database, kind of that, is it intrusive? Is it annoying the customer? Um, has been kind of what we've been asked and there's not really been a way for us to kind of combat that. I think it's been a while since we have had anything on the website. Um, it's been hard to sign off, but I think when you guys came to us with the strategy of kind of maybe having a sidebar, um, it's a little less in your face, kind of what would work well for our brand and also kind of not making it, kind of making it, I guess, specific to the brand in our kind of style. It looks slick. I've Since the um, 
kind of sidebars gone on site I've had different emails from the team going what is this this looks wonderful <laughs> love that <laughs> um, like when can we get it on the other sites amazing um, Ria who's the long tall Sally manager she kind of dropped me an email with a screenshot that like what is this this is beautiful love like that. can we can we do this for long tall Sally I think it's just it stands out because it's something we haven't done in such a long time I think it's just exciting and the team's really kind of getting behind it that's great. And that's something I personally love to hear because I worked very closely on that. So that's great. Um, and then as well, when we were working on the strategy together, how did what Wonderkin came to the table with help you get sign off from the senior stakeholders at yours? I think because we'd had the discussion kind of beforehand on like what had been rejected in the past, I think you guys had come to us with ideas that I was really confident to put in front of kind of senior leadership. I think the sign-off process probably would have been a lot harder had we not kind of had that kind of chat about the designs. I think it was actually quite easy to get it signed off, especially with kind of the promises you guys had made about how many subscribers we could help capture. I think it's been a really easy progress process. That's great. Um, and I completely agree and echo that sentiment. I think it's been the the smoothest onboarding personally I've ever seen um, across my experience. Um, but I think that is such a testament to um, being incredibly honest with the feedback from your senior stakeholders right from the get-go, yeah. which I think really helped to streamline what it could look like for yours. Um, and timeliness of feedback was second to none <laughs> I, I feel like we're quite quite a small team we're very like close-knit so I think anything that comes back we're shouting across the table like what have you what do you think of this like what feedback have you got so it's really nice we can all kind of collaborate and make those quick replies to you yeah no that's great and we appreciated it <laughs> um Great. And then I guess just kind of taking a step back a little bit more and talking about the future of yours clothing, because that's definitely something I want to cover off today. How do you see that progressing over the next two to three to, to five years? So I actually think, so I've been with yours clothing almost four years now. And even in that amount of time, the growth has been insane. Some of our best days from that kind of first year, are almost our every day now. So I think also, since I've started, when I started, it was Yours Clothing and Bad Rhino. We've acquired Long Tool Sally. We launched Pixie Girl last year. I think the growth, I can't see where it would stop. It's amazing to think of what it could look like in five years' time. And hopefully it can still be a part of that. Just because I think it could be amazing. Mm. Yeah, definitely it's something I'm really excited to see. Um, and we'll be there on the journey with you, which is great. Um, but you can definitely see how it's just continuing to grow exponentially over yeah. the next few years um and like you say expanding the brands expanding the global market presence I think yeah the opportunities are endless <laughs> um and then one thing I did just want to touch on finally is it's been something that's kind of been in in the back of my mind recently is we're actually starting to see in the news around the bounce back of the high street which I think is quite an interesting narrative something we haven't really heard or seen since before COVID. Um, and obviously I know yours um, and some of the sister brands have physical locations. So I just wanted to ask, where do you see that going for yours clothing over the next couple of years? And, and how has it been post COVID? So I think during COVID, we saw the growth of our kind of e-commerce site. I think 
we probably weren't expecting it to start with and then the growth was phenomenal phenomenal (laughs) (laughs) um I think stores are still doing really well we've got over 100 stores at the moment I think what I'd like to do is kind of maybe work a little bit more closely I think it's quite siloed at the moment and though we've seen the growth in both areas I think when it comes to putting those together, we may be not as good as we can be. So we've just started doing kind of e-receipts in stores and I want to be able to utilize that data kind of in our other marketing channels, making sure actually if you've bought a coat in our store, I don't want to now advertise you coats. I think there's so many things we could do with it, but we just need to kind of get the ball rolling a bit more. Yeah, I think that's something that definitely we're seeing in that digital transformation piece over the past few years, which has definitely accelerated post-COVID. And so really trying to bridge that gap between offline to online is so critical and create that almost omni-channel experience. I think it's important as well to kind of know who our most valuable customers are. So I think we'll probably find that there are some people that are buying in store every month and who have maybe only had a couple of online sales, but we kind of maybe don't target them as much because we actually can't see that side of it. So I think that could be a really interesting kind of way to look at our customer base. Yeah, absolutely. So really just maximizing that lifetime value of those kind of really core yours clothing customers. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much, Janine. It's been, as always, an absolute pleasure. Um, And we'll be catching up very soon, I'm sure. Um, But also, um, for the listeners out there, you can also catch um, Janine's fantastic impact story at wonderkin.co. And I'll sign off from now and say that's been another episode of Individuality Unleashed. Take care.